Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. It's a Wednesday. We're going to do it kind of like the old-fashioned BTS Wednesday. Billy Talk Sports. Talking about Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. He is in the house. What's up, Billy? How are you? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. 808-296-1420 is the number. You can also text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, the weather outside, a bit frightful at times here throughout the day. We hope everyone on the Big Island is uh, doing all right through some of the heavier rains that are coming over there. It's starting to look like Calvin, now a post-tropical cyclone, is moving further south past the island, so hopefully it doesn't disrupt things uh, for too much longer. But, uh, yeah, the weather, uh, obviously, kind of changes the, the, the vibe and the tone. In fact, uh, we came into the studio today. I don't know if it's something in the air. Maybe it's because of the weather. Maybe it's just, you know, it's overcast, a little damp outside. But we came in, and, man, we had some gears to grind. Uh, we were talking about a number of things, one of them uh, being... When you're driving down King Street... Yes, let's right? get into this. Yeah. Yes, I so, like starting with this. When you're driving down King Street and you get to Punch Bowl, right? And you're going to turn right down Punch Bowl as if you're going down to like Restaurant Row or you know down uh, to some of the court buildings and, and those kinds of places. Um, there's that turn where it's right after... You know, you've, you've already passed Iolani Palace on the left. Uh, you've passed the King Kamehameha statue on the right. Uh, and as you come to Punch Bowl, there's a turn lane with a bus stop right there. And it is the turn lane is painted entirely red with these big bold letters that say bus only right yeah but it's the turn lane so if you're turning down punch bowl <laughs> it says bus only which leads you to believe as a driver that you're not allowed to use that lane to turn and so I'm not sure if we're supposed to bypass that and then turn after the little like pedestrian island where the the street light and and the light signal is located but that's not a turn lane, and that seems to be awfully dangerous. What the hell are we doing, Billy? Exactly. And, like, for me, so I I go there for so, so long because uh, Restaurant Row is where the Star Advertiser uh, offices are. So I make that right turn a lot. And so before, it was just fine. You go in there. There's nothing up. You turn right. That's it. But now, like you said, they painted the thing. They have, like, the, the pillar things up to make it really seem like you either have to turn there or you can't turn ahead of it. But then if you wait... And go to the light, then you have, like, it's, it turns green so people can start walking and you're sitting there waiting and people are honking from behind because they think you can't turn right there. So what am I supposed to do? Can I turn right here? Where am I supposed to turn right here? What is going on at that intersection? This is the problem I need solved today. Do we need to start driving buses? Like, <laughs> like if you're going to work in the restaurant row area, do you need to own and drive a bus so that you can use that turn lane? Well, it says bus only, and then it also has the arrow to turn right. And the I don't know. The buses are usually going straight, if I'm not mistaken. So I have no idea what to do with this intersection. I've seen countless like near misses of accidents and stuff. So if we can get some clearance on this and clear, get this cleared up... I think I think everyone would like to know because I guarantee you we are not the only two people that have thought about and this. And we cannot be. In fact, the last time I drove by there, there was someone who was going through this exact same confusion, and they were trying to turn <laughs> after the turn lane, and it just looked odd and looked dangerous and, and unsafe. And so, yeah, we are definitely not the only ones who are confused by this. Yeah, and so my thing now is if there's the buses there, I go straight and go around it. But if there's no buses, I sneak into the bus-only lane. So either way, I'm doing it wrong. So I, I, I need some help with this because yeah. every single time I'm there. All wrong. right. So that was one of the that was one of the areas, right? Where we just came in and we we're just kind of in a mood and we we're just like just kind of a bit of a ranting sort of pre-show uh period here like the, about 30 minutes before
before showtime. Uh, that was one of the things. The other thing, and I actually brought this up as my worst yesterday on the show uh, with Rob DeMello in here, and I, I admitted ahead of time, like, hey, look, I, we tend to, because ESPN's so prevalent, right, in terms of the sports coverage, it's the worldwide leader, right? Despite what's going on under the Disney umbrella and now talks about perhaps an ESPN partnership with other entities and, and broadcast companies, we'll see how that uh, pans out, and they've had these mass firings here in the last uh, several months, uh, but it's still the worldwide leader in sports however some of the coverage has become somewhat peculiar and my worst yesterday was they actually had a segment with paul feinbaum uh was this on first take or was it just like another like sort it of might have been first take. It, or yeah it might have even just been like sec like an sec football special coverage thing but i think it was first take but basically it was paul feinbaum and the segment revolved around whether or not Nick Saban's legacy was on the line going into this college football season. Because, God forbid, Alabama has not won a national championship in ages. It's been like three years. And Kirby Smart has obviously taken over college football, and Georgia's the unstoppable force. And Paul Feinbaum is really worried that the legacy of Nick Saban, uh, who has won seven national championships, is on the line here. Well, it's funny because I came in and like brainstorming. Maybe we should do a segment of like why the summer needs to end so we stop talking about these ridiculous things. So I actually looked it up. He has won 10 games, 17 straight years at Alabama. <laughs> if you take out his first year at Alabama, he went two and six. He's 187 and 21 with seven national titles. But this year, his legacy is on the line. Come on, man. This is this gets to my thing of like I really would like to see a better athlete, coach, media relationship because I don't think the media is this horrible thing that I think a lot of coaches athletes feel that way but it, it hurts when if you're Nick Saban or you're with the Alabama football program you turn on your TV and this is what you're seeing this is the kind of stuff they're talking about on TV it's ridiculous Kanoa. like what more can that man do like what more like how much more success does Nick Saban need in order for his legacy to be solidified right like there are coaches who just absolutely wish and dream every single night that they could have just an iota of the success that Nick Saban has had and they're talking about his legacy being on the line like if they win another 10 games but they don't make it into the college football playoff this year we're gonna be like dang Nick Saban uh he's done he's yesterday's news it's over like that's ridiculous every year regardless of their overall success or whether or not they raise the trophy they are a national championship contender day one every year what are we even talking about what are we even talking about national title contender every single year always at the top of the recruiting rankings nothing has changed it's crazy it's a little like the um Bill Belichick I think I saw the other day it was like is Bill Belichick on the hot seat like what is the point where like when you win six Super Bowls or whatever he's won, uh, that suddenly he's got to be on the hot seat because he had an eight and nine record, I think, last year or something like like his first losing record or whatever. Like it's Bill Belichick, six Super Bowls. I think he won ten plus games for over a decade straight. You know, you have a rough year or two, whatever. But I mean, like at some point, doesn't everything he's done in his career allow him to be a legacy guy? They're like, okay, if he starts going three and fourteen or whatever, maybe. But what are we talking yeah, about here? No, that's that's pretty ridiculous. But that that's kind of where this thing is going, right? Like this this hunger for more debate media coverage, right? Where we're kind of starting to drift away from you know straight up journalism, right? And and reporting of sports news, especially at this time of the year. It's the dog days of summer. Right. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and every Everybody in this realm, including our show, you know, we tend to kind of pick from, uh, you know, some oftentimes low-hanging fruit 
topics in order to fill the time and and try to stir up some kind of conversation. Uh, But I feel like even in the heat of, say, like the NBA playoffs or throughout the NFL season, from week to week, there's a lot of like legacy talk now. Like that seems to be the thing. It's always like, hey, if LeBron goes down 0-2 in the second round of the playoffs, what does that do to his legacy? Or like, oh, if Dak, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, he threw for 400 yards this past weekend. What does that do for his legacy? It's like we're doing that a lot now. Yeah, we've really kind of sensationalized everything, and that's that's something. Especially like I, you know, I guess I'm a little biased because I'm in the the media world. I you know work at the Star Advertiser, but I'd like to see us trying to improve the relationship because the the animosity that these players, especially these younger kids coming up, seem to have towards the media. You know, I think is a real problem. I don't think it's healthy. I think it kind of fuels a lot of negative things, and so that's something that I'd like to see try to improve a little bit. But it's impossible when you get every Joe Schmo allowed into an NBA Finals press conference to ask these ridiculous questions that upsets them. I mean, they can get five quality questions from five quality, you know, journalists and reporters and all that, and then one bad question just sets them off, and it seems like we've kind of just allowed that to kind of keep happening and happening. Now there's this real divide uh, between players and coaches and media. Yeah, and I think it comes at a tenuous time because there's never been a, like you said, the divide between members of the media and athletes like there's never been a time where athletes had more autonomy when it comes to presenting their own narrative right they have all of these platforms and they have all of these ways in which they can put their own message out they don't really need in many cases the media when it comes to trying to publicize something or or you know somehow uh, you know put their brand or their stamp on their own brand out there like they have avenues to do that uh, and so it it becomes not necessarily incumbent on the media of from an access journalism standpoint to like ho'omali mali your way in as much as just try to be a little bit more responsible and honest so that you can maintain more credibility because I think that's where players, athletes of all levels, you can talk about high school recruits, you can talk about collegiate athletes, you can talk about professionals, like they see right through some of the bunk and I just feel like at a time like this when uh, that 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 chasm has is probably larger than it's ever been between the media and athletes, like to continue to do that kind of stuff is only going to further, as you said, that divide. Yeah, totally. And you look at certain uh, situations where um, athletes that have had, you know, negative uh, interactions with the media, like I think about Barry Bonds or whatever, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you have the whole steroids thing too, but I think his relationship with the media media has also kind of changed the way he's remembered. You know, I think that that's part of why I think people don't recognize him for his greatness. Yeah, I mean, steroids are involved too and everything, and there was that whole ordeal, but like, I think there's a good chance that I think his, he'd be remembered a little bit better now because time has passed from the steroid era if he had a better relationship with the media, but, you know, that you know, when you come out here just hating everything and, and, and having this kind of negative thing towards, towards you know, who covers you and everything, it does kind of have sure. these long-term effects on you. And it's so something it, for these athletes it, to think about. So you're saying it can work both ways Yeah, both as ways, well. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I think uh, that sort of is an entree into the conversation of the fact that you have sports writers, baseball writers specifically, uh, and members of the baseball media uh, who are the gatekeepers when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And so oh, now it's right. like, and they'll just, I mean, they are some of the uh, pettiest yeah. of, of human beings I think when it comes to holding grudges like nobody holds a grudge yeah. like a baseball Hall of Fame voter <laughs> like it's unreal to me and so yeah I think uh, it has created a, a lot of combativeness I think between both sides and then you get a gift like the one that came today for ESPN and all of the media pundits uh, where you have Asante Samuel a former <laughs> New England Patriot who comes out and says that Bill Belichick is not the greatest <laughs> 
football coach of all time, or at least the greatest NFL coach of all time, despite his record six Super Bowls. He's closing in on Don Shula's mark for most career wins. Uh, but Asante Samuel uh, went on the All Things Covered podcast and uh, said that uh, his inability to win without quarterback Tom Brady is the key reason why Bill Belichick can't be seen as the GOAT. And that's just like fodder. That's that's just fuel for the machine of like, we got to talk about Bill Belichick's <laughs> legacy, GOAT or not GOAT. Well, and this is this is another great example of why you know we've gone down the rabbit hole. It's like this idea. I mean, we live in a culture now where you have to pick a side. Was it Tom Brady that's the only reason New England won all these Super Bowls, or was it Bill Belichick that's the only reason they won all these Super Bowls? You can't say they both kind of had an equal share in it. You got to pick one or the other. That's the culture we uh, live in today. And it just man, there's just days I, I it just it drives me crazy. So where did it start? You think? I mean, because this isn't just in sports, right? You see it in in uh, you know politics and and media uh, of all different areas. Um, where it's become very two-sided, right? It's got to be like this side or that side, us versus them, them versus us, black or white. You know, you can't just be like, you know what? Both Michael Jordan and LeBron James were outstanding <laughs> How basketball dare players. You, you can't such do a thing. that. You can't do that. And, and and so, is that a media creation? Is that the media sort of serving as like a mirror and reflecting back on the mass populace? Um, what? what's happening in society like what was the first uh shoe to drop you think in that regard well that's a great question i i think it just kind of goes i think you can kind of go back to like the days of when like television went from like showing highlights and breaking down game and baseball tonight and nfl primetime to i think these debate shows i think it's kind of the debate the back and forth two guys on your television arguing i'm right you're right i'm right you're right and and you kind of suck it in as the viewer and you're like Oh, I got to pick this side. Oh, I got to yeah. pick that side. You look at, you know, in politics, right, with the cable news when they started doing that stuff and you had, um, you know, your different stations to go to or whatever going back and forth. I was trying to think of um, what was the show that uh, John Stewart. Uh, oh, Crossfire. Uh, Crossfire with yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson, right? Yes. I remember that was kind of my first thing of like, oh, two guys just going back and forth. And it's like, whose side are you on? You kind of got to pick sides. And I think just as we've kind of continued on and on and you get so many of these shows and then the Stephen A. Smith, exactly. right, the Skip Baylesses have kind of did their thing where I, they're not out there. I really believe they're not out there given what they think is their what they think is the correct opinion. They're trying to do the debate show to inflame this kind of argument, and yeah. that is how we've gotten to where and, we've gotten. And, and, and w- without hopefully sounding like self-aggrandizing or anything, <laughs> it's like when I when we do this show, I, I like to think that you know, yeah, we'll we'll have fun and and kind of do some like uh, sports bar chatter and that kind of stuff, right? But. I like to think that our, the opinions we express are, are pretty genuine, right? And there's right. kind of become this disingenuousness behind a lot of that content. Uh, and you're right. I think it started then, and over time, there's so many of those kinds of shows. There's so many different platforms uh, by which people can uh, ingest those shows uh, that it's not interesting to just be kind of on one side or the other. Those those opinions have to, have to get more and more extreme over time. Yeah. And you have to be even more boisterous and loud. And so now you see Stephen A. Smith, some of like his early clips from when he was first making appearances on ESPN. And, you know, he was very opinionated for sure. But like the volume now and like the show behind it, the theatrics, like that thing has just evolved uh, to a degree where it's over the top. Uh, but that's the only way you can kind of maintain, I guess, some semblance of like, oh, this is still interesting. This is still fresh. You just got to get more extreme with it. Yeah. And that's why I like, you know, I'll give an example. Is I really like the show 
show NFL Live because yeah, there's four people on it, but like you know, it's Mina Kimes and Dan Orlovsky really going into the the details and depth of each team and stuff like that. It's not a arguing thing, but I guess I'm sure they do all the studies and they know what gets watched more. And so I think now you've even seen with the people that ESPN has hired in recent years, I don't think they've necessarily hired the most informed person. I think they've kind of hired the one that kind of inflames people mm-hmm. the most and gets things going. And you've just seen it more and more on their shows. And now to me, for the most part, that's what ESPN is. And, and you know, it's, I mean, I know, I guess some people like it, but I'm, you know, I guess me a media person, I'd, I kind of more like the insider kind of yeah. stuff. That's kind of more yeah, my thing. Yeah, some more the data, some more yeah. the, like the analytics. Like that kind of stuff does does interest me. And Mina Kimes, I think, might be like the best when it comes to that kind of analysis. All right, we got Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser in the house. Kanoa Leahy here. Let's talk sports. We're going to take a break. When we come back, UH football preseason pick to finish 10th in the Mountain West Conference. Too low? Too high? That's coming up next. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my guest co-host for the day. We were just talking during the break. One day we're going to do like a uh, nuanced sports take segment where like uh, we'll just throw out takes that you'll never hear on any sports talk show uh, because it'll be things like, you know what, both Michael Jordan and LeBron James are really great basketball players and I appreciate what they've individually and collectively brought to the game. And they brought so much happiness to my life that I, you know, I think they're both top ten players. <laughs> Boston fans, while loud and sometimes uh, brazen, uh, really show a lot of passion. Very and I passionate. think that's something that's commendable. I just wish everyone could have a team they cheer for <laughs> and love as much as Boston Celtics fans love their team. You know what? I wouldn't say there are any bad or good NFL uniforms because every uniform, color schematically, represents that city and that collection of players. The station right now is waving at you. Stop <laughs> yeah, doing stop. this. You're losing cut everybody. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it off the air. <laughs> 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in uh, via the Zephyr Insurance text line at that number. All right. Here's another thing that is a fixture in sports uh, that probably in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter all that much, but it is fuel for the, the sports discourse machine, uh, and that is the preseason poll. And it's <laughs> it's the Mountain West uh, football media days going on in Vegas. Uh, Timmy Chan, a couple of representatives for Hawaii, uh, Logan Taylor and Iliki Tanuvasa are up there. Uh, and so the as is the tradition on day one, the preseason poll and uh, preseason all conference teams uh, are released. And so according to uh, the media poll and the polling of 35 media members, the University of Hawaii football team was predicted to finish 10th in the 12 school Mountain West conference. Now, uh, remember, Mountain West is switching from the West and Mountain Division format to just no divisions, just one overall conference league, top two teams winning percentage-wise at the end of the regular season uh, will match up in the Mountain West Championship game. Uh, So it's a bit of a different vibe, but Hawaii picked 10th here uh, in this poll. Uh, That's kind of in line with what you saw from Athlon and Phil Steele. Not a huge amount of expectations uh, for Hawaii to take this this large step in terms of win total and, and the win-loss record overall. Uh, they're 10th in front of Nevada and New Mexico. Number one in this poll, Boise State, which got 28 first-place votes. Air Force also got a couple of first-place votes. They're in the number two spot. Fresno State and San Diego State, which uh, I guess has reportedly been welcomed back to the conference, and it's all good. They're in the conference once again for at least another two years. Uh, they also got a first-place vote. They are in fourth. If you're wondering, San Jose State uh, was in fifth, of course, Shevin Cordero, the incumbent starting quarterback there. 
but your thoughts on the the preseason poll as a concept and also kind of what uh, what this potentially portends for Hawaii uh, with this preseason ranking. Uh, this is always, when covering a, a beat, my least favorite story to do because <laughs> to have to call up a coach and be like, hey, coach, what do you think about the preseason poll? I remember Mike Trapasso, the old, old baseball coach, he used to give me some great answers because he hated it more than it. It was like his least favorite phone call I ever uh, made to him and stuff. But, you know, it was just something fun. I mean, I say, let's just go all the way. Let's let's get every media votes, every media vote. Let's get it all out there. Let's get everyone's ballot out there. Let's see who voted. Oh, who you want full let's transparency. Do, yeah, let's do the whole thing so we can get on here and uh, debate about it. Yeah, yeah. No, that we just did an anti <laughs> debate show uh, segment, the first segment. <laughs> no, but uh, I thought for me the biggest thing, to be perfectly honest, was uh, seeing Cam Stone, the uh, UH cornerback who transferred from Wyoming, just being on there, just to kind of remind everyone as you get ready for the football season. This guy's a pretty good player to be getting recognized like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that was the jewel of the recruiting class, actually, so far uh, for Timmy Chang, at least this year. And obviously, we're seeing some some strong names, especially on the local front, uh, already giving their verbals for the 2024 recruiting class. But yeah, Cam Stone, that was a pull, man. That was a get uh, to get an all-conference-level corner from Wyoming, uh, a guy who has established his reputation already as a guy that can play the game. Uh, and so, yeah, I liked the fact that he got recognition on the preseason all-conference team. Um I didn't expect much more, to be honest. I, I think as far as expectations go, this is about where I expected the expectations to be. Um, this is still a uh, work in progress here for, for Timmy right. Chang and company. As we have said many times, you know, coming in last year, uh, coming out of the Todd Graham debacle and having lost so many of their vital key starters uh, who transferred out to other programs, like uh, this is kind of a rebuild from scratch. You got the stadium issue, you got all of that stuff. Uh, it just strikes me as being a little bit unrealistic if you were to say, all right, you got three wins last year, we're expecting six this year. Double that win total. Maybe that happens happens. Uh, I, I, I would like to see, I think, some some of that competitive spirit from that team, but I think that's going to be more the measurement. I don't think that this is going to be a season that you measure purely by what was your record at the end of the year. And I know it's a results-based industry, right? That's, that's what sports is all about. But that said, I think when you're looking at the, the big picture here and this rebuild process, I think it's going to come down more to judgment based on what we see on the field. How competitive is this team? What does that offense now start to look like? as Timmy Chang implements his version of the run and shoot, which will include a tight end position. You know, how does Braden Shager uh, get, uh, you know, how does he evolve within that system and that scheme? I, I think those are going to be more the ways we judge this team as opposed to, all right, are they going to a bowl game at the end of the year? Because uh, if you had to put smart money on it, you're probably thinking that would be an incredible accomplishment under the circumstances. Not impossible by any stretch. Uh, but I think this is going to be a season going in uh, where the expectation is going to have to be tempered just a little bit. Yeah, this is kind of going to be the point where you're going to have some people kind of expecting, you know, all right, let's get this thing going. Let's get some more wins and stuff. And then there's other people, I think, when the hiring was made and understanding just where the program was and everything that kind of happened, knowing that it's going to take, you know, a little bit of a longer rebuild. You can be a little bit more patient. Um you know, I think you just look at the fact, like, I mean, you think about everyone that left. It's hard not to go look and see Darius Musa was named preseason first team, all you know, all Pac-12 linebacker. Could be the best linebacker in the Pac-12. Shevin named the preseason player of the year. <laughs> like, you just don't replace yeah. guys like that right out of the bat. And so we've talked before about the recruiting uh, inroads they've made. I think there's a lot to be positive on that front. But that's, again, that's something where these kids are signing this year and next year, and it's going to take a little while to get into the program and do that. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to take some time. But, yeah, I'm with you. 
you know, three and ten last year. I think that's about right. But I think just seeing what the product looks like, thinking how it's evolved uh, in this next year of the Timmy Chang era, I think that's kind of what we're all going to be looking forward yeah, to seeing. And that's kind of going back to sort of the, the, the role of the preseason poll. It is just to ignite uh, conversation. Like, it's just to kind of get people talking. It gives the media something to discuss. It gives fans something to talk about. Uh, and I think from a player's uh, perspective and from a, a coaching staff's perspective, uh, some of the artistry behind how you respond to, you know, whether or not you were picked high in a preseason poll or low in a preseason poll, like, that's that's where the creativity comes in. How do you use this as motivation? How do you take this if you're Timmy Chang and you, you show it back to your players and you're like, oh, we're not getting a lot of respect here, guys. Uh, it's an uphill battle for us. Let's try to see if we can uh, use this as further motivation, as, as something that will give us an edge to maybe put our best stuff out there. Anything you can do to put a chip on a player's shoulder is a good thing because that, that gets the kind of maximum motivation out of them. So, yeah, oh, I'm sure they'll use that as a momentum. Um, are you sure you don't want to do – should we do the radio show where – I don't know if you saw this, but UNLV, which is picked ninth, got a first-place vote. Should we do uh, 10 minutes on a uh... – Well, that, maybe that's the uh, transparency <laughs> that we're talking yeah. about. Like, that would be hilarious, you know? That would be interesting. Yeah, I was, I was a little surprised to see that. But UNLV, you never know. You never know with these things. This is one of those things where you can be so sure about it and then – there's UNLV playing in the championship. And you're like, oh, my God, please don't replay this. But, uh, yeah, UNLV getting a first-place vote. I'm just uh, – for me, the preseason pool is only about one thing. Getting a little excited because football is coming yeah, soon. Yeah, it is. It is. It is kind of uh, one of those uh, sort of marks along the way right during the summer of like, oh, it's time now uh, to get focused on the business and the task at hand. Like, football season's upon us. Training camp starting next week like here we go hope you enjoyed your <laughs> summer everybody because here we go all right billy hole of the honolulu star advertiser is in the house uh we are going to take another break when we come back uh, we'll play a little game called complete this sentence with a sports writer mind you so this could get really interesting and creative you're listening to let's talk sports What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Billy Hole, my guy from the Honolulu Star Advertiser, is in the house as the special guest co-host for the day. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Um, all right. Let's uh, play a little thing uh, we like to call complete this sentence. can also be called fill in the blank. Uh, but you get the gist. We're going to get started here. We're going to dive right in. Uh, Billy, HBO Hard Knocks. Uh, featuring the New York Jets here, uh, upcoming very soon, is going to be blank. Whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. going to be whatever. 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 You know me and Aaron Rodgers. From Rogers. the brilliant writing yeah. mind of Billy Hall. Yeah. It's going to be eh, eh, meh. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I know some people like it. I, You know, I'm... You know me, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers, so uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be all about him, but uh yeah, whatever. I'm not I'm not super into it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be I you know, like it's I, the 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 Jets aren't really excited about it. Like the Jets have actually yeah. said that they uh, were against the idea, and in fact, uh, I think they're going to not be as open from an accessibility standpoint as some other teams have been. The Jets, in essence, uh, at least according to reports, were forced. 
to be the subject of the show. So um, yeah, that's that's probably not a good combination if you're if you're like the the showrunners and and all of the crew and the teams like we don't want any of you here. So <laughs> I don't think they're going to get a ton of cooperation. So that's probably going to impact the quality of the show too. Well, first of all, you know Aaron Rodgers wants all of them there. Uh, first of all, <laughs> oh yes, but, he does. Uh, he is not met a camera. He doesn't like. <laughs> no, he no, doesn't. I guess one thing. It'll Nora be hallucinogenic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess uh, one of the things that'll be interesting though is like Hard Knocks has always been like the standard inside or kind of show. Like it's kind of been its only kind of thing. Well, now with this Netflix uh, documentary quarterbacks and stuff, and then kind of more a little bit more access being given to another show. I'm just kind of wondering if Hard Knocks keeps this kind of luster or if it's starting to kind of maybe fade into the mm, fade to black That's a interesting. Bit. Now they're doing like, they've been doing the mid-season one right. too, which I don't think has been getting quite as much traction as the preseason one. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question, whether or not uh, HBO Hard Knocks, which is like such an incredible franchise. I, uh, I used to love not, it, man. Yeah. I used to like just soak it all that in. That theme but... song is up there <laughs> among the greatest sports television theme songs. Yeah, I just remember seeing dun, those dun, All right, next one. The throwback Seattle Seahawks uniform reveal today made me feel blank. Pumped. Pumped up. The the wheels are turning, and I know that the one thing you were just like, don't swear, Billy, because you just wanted to explode with enthusiasm. Oh, man, they're awesome. They're a throwback to, like, the old, you know, 1990s Seahawks. I think the Seahawks have the best logo. I'm totally not biased at all, but, uh, yeah, I saw them. They were great. I don't know about you, but um, when I first saw them and thought back to those old Seahawks teams, the first player that came to my mind, Cortez Kennedy, man, one of the uh, Seahawks legends. Defensive tackle, yeah. That's Draft. actually a great question. Like, I, I, there are some guys who put that out there um, where it's like, oh, name the first person you think of when you see either like this stadium or this logo or this uniform. Seeing that uniform, first one I think of, the Boz, Brian Bosworth. <laughs> oh, man. He was just a little before my time. But uh, it's funny. I bet there's some people that see that and the first thing they think of is not Boz, but they think of Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah. They think of somebody not even on the Seahawks. All they think about is that Monday night game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the throwback Seattle Seahawks uniform reveal made me feel um, ripped off because, uh, let's oh, be honest, man, go. they look a lot like the Detroit Lions uniforms. Like, they look a lot like the Detroit Lions uniforms, and the Lions have been rocking that for decades upon decades. So that's all I got to say about it. Call me a hater, Seattle fans, but um, the similarities are pretty striking and obvious. Let's see. Even we, you have to admit. If they play each other, let's see them just getting both into the blue uh, uniforms going against us. See how uh, confusing that would be. <laughs> With the two silver helmets and all yeah. that stuff. It is pretty cool, and I must say, they're better than the current Seattle Seahawks uniforms. Like, you know, with the fluorescent or the neon and all that stuff. Like, I kind of like these old throwback, old school ones a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think I like them a little bit more. I, I got to be honest, though. I like the, and I know I'm in the minority. You know when they do, like, the color rush or whatever, and they yeah, have, like, yeah. the lime, all lime green ones? I hated it at first. Kind of like them now. Okay. Kind of like them okay. now. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm in the minority on that one. Okay, all right. Well, we're uh, staying in the NFL. Uh, the Netflix show Quarterback has been blank. I don't know. Enjoyable? <laughs> it's been all right. I've only seen one episode. Oh, you only watched honest. one episode? I've only watched one episode, okay, yeah. Okay. So I've been, a, I've been a little busy. But, no, it was... Um, it was pretty good. I, I mean, I thought it was definitely different. I'm, I'm hoping it goes into a little more uh, Marcus Mariota, but okay, I've only watched one episode, but Kirk Cousins, like a guy that I've always kind of thought, meh, not a big Kirk Cousins guy, kind of liked Kirk Cousins in the first episode and didn't really like his fashion sense too much, 
But uh, yeah, I kind of felt myself liking just Family Man, Kirk Cousins. I, I thought it was cool, and it's the perfect example of why that show can sometimes totally change the way the way uh, you're thought about. No, exactly, and probably a motivation as to why the agents of these players are like, <laughs> yeah, maybe you should agree to do this. Um, it's interesting because you have the three featured quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, and they're so vastly different with regard to their personalities, right? And obviously their backgrounds. Um, and Brian McInnes, who was uh, in here last week, was saying that he kind of was getting turned off uh, by Patty Mahomes because they showed a lot of like the on the field um, oh. uh, moments where he was kind of pumping himself up or kind of feeling himself a little bit. But like, how do you hate on Patrick Mahomes except for the fact that he sounds like a Muppet? Like that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that bothers me watching that show. But outside of that, like the dude backs it up. I think if he, you know, pumps his chest a little bit, uh, you got to give it to the guy. Totally. I mean, he's he's the best quarterback, maybe the best quarterback I've ever seen. To be perfectly honest with what he can do on the football field, I love Whoa! it. Oh, yeah, Patrick <laughs> no, no, I did it. Greatest of all maybe, time, maybe, or maybe, not? Maybe. I mean, I think he's the most. He might be the most talented guy in just in everything he does. I mean, he plays the position with oh! such a swagger, with such a swagger that uh, I love it. And if you go out there doing that, yeah, you can talk all the schmack you want. It wasn't like. You know, some guys are, like, over the top in your face. I thought it was just kind of good, solid, you know, schmack talk, and I love it. I love the schmack talk. <laughs> oh, this is now so a B-Mac, sports radio so, show. Yeah. So B-Mac did not like it, huh? Well, I mean, he's a Bills guy, yeah. so he's like Josh Allen. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and we've, we've known B-Mac's really starting to get kind of subjective in his uh, <laughs> observations of uh, sports. No, um, this is now a sports show right here. Yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes yeah. Rogers, Brady. Who you got? <laughs> Who's the GOAT? Well, Brady's the GOAT. I mean, you know, he's got all the championships. But I'm just saying, like, the way Mahomes plays the game, I'm caught up in the moment, too. But, uh, like, I'm not a Chiefs fan at all. But I just – I love watching them play. I love watching the Chiefs play. I just love watching them play quarterback. And that's – for me, that's how you know. I'm a Seahawk guy. I'm a Seattle guy. That's the only team I really care about. But if you get me to like your awesome, you yeah. know, top-of-the-line player, then that that's how good he is. No, I'm totally with you on that. There's, there's something about just seeing supreme talent, right? Yeah. Like, it's why we watch all this stuff in the first place. It's why you and I work in the sports media industry is because sports are cool. For that reason, especially at the highest level, when you see these incredible performances and abilities and skill sets and things you've never seen before, because I kind of agree with you. Uh, The the discussion of the GOAT is a whole different thing because you're talking about resumes and rings and blah, 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 blah. But, like, have you seen a more talented quarterback on a football field ever like than Patrick Mahomes? Like, maybe Aaron Rodgers for a time there would be the guy I would describe that with, but... No, I don't think I've ever seen anything more more talented or more imposing at the quarterback position than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's got a couple of Super Bowls already. He's got a whole career in front of him. We'll see kind of where he he ends up. But, yeah, I, definitely it's also a product of getting older because I remember being an Oklahoma City fan and just, like, hating on LeBron, hating on Steph Curry. And now you think about it now, like, you know, what a waste of time. Yeah. Those guys are just so awesome to watch. I know. You know? You just got to appreciate it. Yeah, I hated on Michael Jordan so long. Like, <laughs> oh, like through the prime years, you know, and, and I just hated on him because I was just so envious and, and was cheering for other teams and, um, you know, always going for the underdog and all that stuff. Uh, and then you look back and I was like, gosh, I, I wish I just kind of dug in and, and enjoyed it a little more because uh, that was a phenomenal stretch. All right, uh, next one. Are you ready? Uh, former NFL quarterback Philip Rivers announcing that he and his wife are having a 10th child. What? Is blank. <laughs> Is insane. <laughs> wow. How old is Philip Rivers now? Four uh, in yeah, mid-40s? No, he's, yeah, he's like, yeah, not that old. I guess he's, yeah, he's not. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Good for him. So he's almost there to a full football team. Is that kind of what the plan is? He's the quarterback. He has a full football team. You're right. I mean, he's going to play quarterback, right? Man, 10 kids. And we thought he was prolific 
on the football field. <laughs> oh, you were setting that up. Oh, talk about uh, yeah, talk about uh, making a lot of connections and completing a lot of passes. All right, anyway, ten next kids, one. man. Yeah, that one was just kind of one to throw in there. All right, next one. Uh, I am blank about watching the women's World Cup. Excited. Starts tonight, it's, right? Yeah, it's, it's in f- Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I think. Um, it's, it starts our time tonight, right? Yeah, I think it starts tonight. I think the U.S. plays Friday afternoon okay. against Vietnam, US, I want to U.S. Say. favored to win another one. Yeah, I'm excited because I, I get into the whole America kind of thing. Like, I get into the Men's World Cup. I get into the Women's World Cup. Anything like Team USA, like Olympic basketball, stuff like that, I get into it. And so, yeah, there have been, you know, the pinnacle of the sport. You know, Megan Rapino. I think this is her last dance. Yeah. I know they're going through a little bit of transition, so there will be some new names out there that, that I'll learn for the first time. But, yeah, any kind of world event like the World Cup where – you know, the United States is in it, especially when they're good. Yeah, I get excited. I'll, I'll, if, if I'm home and the TV's on, I'll be watching. For yeah, sure. kind of a weird thing that's been going around. There's been some um, media coverage on this, like the innumerable amount of almost disproportionate amount of uh, ACL injuries that have been occurring to like top level uh, female soccer players. And, and they're kind of starting to look into, OK, what could be the reason? Why is it quality of the field? Is it, you know, just, you know, overall sort of speed of the game and that kind of stuff? Uh, but it's kind of interesting. And that puts a little bit of a damper because you have some of the star players that otherwise would be playing in this tournament uh, that are not because of ACL tears or, or other types of knee injuries. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say I am mildly excited about watching it. It's one of those things where I'll kind of probably get into it as we get further into the tournament. It, it is uh, somewhat nationalistic because USA is so darn good, right? And so <laughs> it's kind of like a cool, cool aspect of it uh, to see the, the Americans uh, be uh, such like revered contenders time in and time out uh, for this uh, you know global event. Uh, so yeah, I'll get into it, but I think right now just kind of mildly, mildly pumped yeah. mildly pumped mildly pumped that just uh, sounds like my uh, daily workouts <laughs> <laughs> all right last one the of golf's major tournaments the open championship oh. is my blank favorite tournament of the year really i love it i love the british open i love the link style i love just the openness of it it's on the time difference makes it a little tough you got to uh, get up pretty early to kind of watch the uh, the final rounds or the, the the last rounds or whatever but i love it i just love i, I don't know there's something about links golf something about being over in europe i just so many storylines going into this year you got rory coming off the big win last week uh, Victor Hovland, maybe Billy's little sleeper pick I'll give out right now. Victor Hovland, watch out for him. He's been playing good in the majors. But, yeah, I love it. I will stay up. I will wake up early. I'll be... I'll be watching a lot of it. I love I love the British Open. Uh, the uh, Open Championship is my least favorite of the four no. majors. Yeah, yeah. It, I just I, oh. the Masters looks gorgeous on television, right? Um, the U.S. Open is so challenging wherever they play it, and I'm all about the USGA. Oh. Love it. I think the PGA oh, Championship is fun. I really do like the PGA Championship. Oh my gosh. I just do, and and uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the thing that makes it hard for me for the Open is like, you know. You got to wake up so early to watch this thing. Yeah. It's just a little bit harder from that standpoint to follow it with the same kind of fervor. Um, and it doesn't look that great. You know, like when you look at Augusta and the greenness and just how plush everything oh looks. And then goodness. you look at the, the, the British Open wherever they usually have it. And yes, it's Lynx golf. It's a different kind of style all the way. And there's the tradition and it goes back to like where the game originated oftentimes, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't look that great on TV. 
Yeah, I mean, usually it's kind of a lot of times it's gray and rainy and yeah. windy, but you got all the bunkers out there. You get those guys getting stuck in those huge bunkers after playing it backwards. You Everyone these... looks like they're freezing <laughs> their, you know, what's off. Everyone does look miserable out there usually <laughs> when they're playing. But uh, yeah, they're just, I think it's just for me, it's just different. It's different about it. And I don't know, I, I love it, and especially some of the courses they get to play on, right? So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'll be watching. Yeah. Uh, but the PGA Championship, come on, man. The, is that the pushing tournament, it? The Tournament you of Champions. Like the Tournament of Champions is the <laughs> you know, you might have a point there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Topolua is great. <laughs> oh, the players. What about the, oh, the players? players? That's oh, pretty yeah. good, too. The players are better than PGA. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, boys golf trip to St. Andrews. Is that in the cards here for Billy Hall? Uh, I might need a little bit of a pay raise for that one, but uh, sure, why not? Start saving now. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll start a GoFundMe for Billy Hall to go play golf. God. That would be such a... <laughs> In Scotland. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll do our best and worst. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my guest co-host for the day. Uh, all right, it's the last segment. It's our home stretch. You know how we like to do it. Our best and worst for the day. Billy, what is your best, my man? Yeah, my best. Um, Devin Saltibon, recently graduated from Hilo, was taken in the third round of the uh, Major League Baseball draft. It's been reported by Baseball America. Christian Shimabuku, who I know has been on the show with you a couple of times, uh, reported that he has signed a contract. He's not going to go to UH, but he signed for a cool $602,500. So yeah. congratulations to him. That, that That's big time money, and uh, he gets a chance to start his professional career. You can't hate on him for not going to UH with that kind of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what makes uh, coaching college baseball so difficult because you are able to get a get like Devin Saltabon, and you have to – wave him goodbye before he ever actually steps foot on campus like that is the cruel world of recruiting in college baseball but yeah can't be happier for the dude yeah all right uh, my best is uh tiger woods ex-girlfriend dropping the 30 million dollar lawsuit i was really worried about him and no, i'm just kidding uh my best is i'm going back to uh cam stone uh, being named uh, mountain west preseason all conference i just uh you know we had him as a guest on the show and he, he just exudes confidence uh, he has absolutely bought into the mantra that is the brotherhood and, and sort of the idea of what these guys uh with this coaching staff and, and this team currently as it's constructed like what they're trying to do here and and hey, look, you know, Wyoming has been a little up and down maybe the last couple of seasons, but they are an established program, and he established a reputation and a name for himself. And so to be able to look at Hawaii and say, all right, despite some of the problems that they're going through with the stadium, with other things and some financial challenges and turnover in the administration and all that stuff, for him to still be like, yeah, I'm going there. I'm going to be a rainbow warrior. Like, that's saying a lot. And I really like what Cam Stone kind of represents from that vantage point. So that's why he's my best. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's the beauty of that preseason poll was getting the teams. And, like, I knew he was a big get coming, but now you see him on that preseason list, and you're like, oh, man, I'm excited to see him play. So yeah. good for him. Absolutely good stuff. All right, we switch it over to the bad stuff. What's your worst? All right. In and out burger. <laughs> all right. We know now. We all know I'm a Shake Shack guy over In and Out. I think anybody yeah, that doesn't I'm feel that you, way think, is crazy. Yeah. Animal, animal, get out of here. But they <laughs> they are going to bar employees in five states from wearing masks unless they have a doctor's note. <sighs> um, they announced in a memo that they quote uh, pointed to the importance of customer service and the ability to show our associates smiles and other facial features while considering the health and well-being of all individuals. You know, when I go in and order my burger, you know what would be nice? You know what I think? You know, I'm not telling them they can wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But you know what? If you want to wear a mask and not blow all over my food, 
That's fine. Yeah. Why are we banning this? No, Get exactly. Like, if you're a little sniffly and yeah. you're preparing food for other human beings and you want to wear a mask, uh, so be it. Yeah, you shouldn't be forced either way under these circumstances. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty lame. Tell them they can't. Yeah. Right now we're just going down the rabbit hole. All right. Well, while we're uh, ranting, we told you it was a ranting <laughs> kind of day. Uh, my worst. The Bushnell Golf Support Team. So Bushnell um, mm. is, you know, Bushnell Golf is one of the factions of, of Bushnell, and then they do all kinds of like Target and and, and those kinds of contraptions. Um, and so they do golf GPS, you know, scopes and other things. They have a wingman speaker that has a little remote disc on the top. You hit the button and it gives you like the yardage of distance where you are from the green. Blah 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 blah. I have one of those speakers. The little disc thing, which is removable, the remote, uh, it broke. And so I just wanted to order a replacement. I went on the Bushnell website, ordered a replacement. It was easy as that. It was like eleven bucks. I was super <laughs> stoked about it. Didn't hear anything. They said they gave me like a, an order confirmation number. Didn't give me any update as to like when I can expect it and all of that stuff. So I just sent an email to the support of uh, you know. The, the link on the website that asks for like support staff uh, like oh you're just looking for an update on the stuff haven't heard back at all tried to call n- numerous <laughs> times uh, <laughs> even during hours whenever you call they have this weird thing where they're like oh the um, support staff is on a 60 minute break for a meeting click like you can't leave a message <laughs> nothing like that like it's just awful like really really bad customer service and I know it's not a big deal it's like an $11 replacement part I don't even know if my card ultimately got charged or not but you know it's just kind of an inconvenience and you'd like uh, a little bit more thoughtfulness especially behind like a company that's like really established when it comes to those kinds of products so what the f <laughs> bushnell golf support uh, team what's uh, going on i'm sorry Kanoda. way to use this platform to air your own personal gripes uh, <laughs> no what are you kidding. gonna what are you gonna do go on twitter and like at them and start you know what? Uh, I've, writing I've, a complaint I, I know this is so bad i've actually <laughs> considered it like I've, I've actually thought about going all karen on them <laughs> and uh and just being like hey at Bushnell Golf, worst uh, you know, wor- wor- <laughs> worst customer service ever, and uh, I've actually thought about doing that. Yeah, like and just because it's like there's, I don't know any other options. I can't get a hold of anybody. Nobody's responding to emails. So like, you know, what else am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to go Karen on Twitter now. No, that is one of the things. Like when you get contact customer service and you can never get a hold of them, and it's happening more and more frequently. So uh, yeah, let's come on, take care of your take care of your customers, companies. <laughs> you, come on, you are gonna have a field day if. And when I post that tweet, oh. you were just going to be like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I see that uh, you're really busy prepping for the upcoming sports season. Yeah. Well, we listen to the Levitard show, so I'll just say the Stugats is strong in you, <laughs> yeah, my friend. That's right. Uh, the other thing you can add, if you want to do like, you know, a Twitter hashtag, um, hashtag first world problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, on Twitter, real quick, if you heard us earlier, tell me where to take a right uh, off King Street <laughs> yeah, on the bus ball, because right. I don't know. I it's still don't bus know. only or it's not yeah. bus only. What the heck? All right, Billy Hole, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody.